customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at some Red Sox health updates and a couple of their prospects. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three go-throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, March 31st. I'm Al Melchior, and with me here is Derek Van Riper. And DVR, you missed out on the the Monday show because uh, uh, Michael Beller and I, we talked about that Dodgers rotation situation. It was still up in the air. And we had a very good call from our colleague, Michael Beller. He said that, actually, he, he said he wasn't sure who was actually going to win it, but he thought that it should be Dustin May. And he and Dave Roberts apparently agree. So <laughs> we could confirm that now. I'm sure a lot of you listening have already heard this by now. But, um, yep, Dustin May in the Dodgers rotation. So uh, our man, Michael Beller, he, he knows what he's doing here. But uh, let's move on to um, some IL and health updates here. George Springer is making progress from his grade two oblique strain, but not enough that he's likely to be ready for opening day. Although it is not necessarily in, uh, an IL situation, according to Shidavidi of Sportsnet. So DVR, the question I pose to you is that if you are in leagues that are playing the long 11 game mega week, uh, I think it's an easy call in a four game week, but in an 11 game week, do you take the risk and start George Springer? I wouldn't. Uh, I think because they could always go retro on the IL stint if they wanted to, that there's still a good bit of risk there. And I think because the injury was previously diagnosed and reported as a grade two oblique strain, that's serious enough where I would err on the side of caution, even though Springer ordinarily is the type of player that in an 11 game week where he might miss a couple of days, I would try to play. I think in this situation, we have just enough information to go ahead and play somebody else because that could end up being a lot of missed playing time if he does go on the IL, if he doesn't return at some point during that lineup period. So I'd rather err on the side of caution and and lock in some playing time with a, a healthy player. All right. And this reminds me of something. This is going a little off topic DVR. 
But uh, I just did a mailbag column that is now up uh, on The Athletic, and I got an interesting question from somebody who had a really good rotation on their fantasy team, a lot of aces or potential aces. One of them was Walker Bueller. He wanted to know who to sit. And I suggested because of the depth of, of his rotation that he actually sit Walker Bueller with a scheduled start in Colorado. So on the, the same topic somewhat here of sitting your studs, um, is that something you would actually consider doing? I think you can talk yourself into that because in the right circumstances, that could be a risk that you don't need to take on. And I mean, I, I think we never want to start any pitcher in Colorado. I would say in most situations, you don't have the kind of depth where you have the luxury of sitting someone as good as Walker Bueller. But I think I could imagine in a 10 or a 12 team league in the right circumstances, having a starter who ordinarily I wouldn't ever use over Bueller that I would actually use over him in this spot. All right. Looking for a little validation there. I feel like I got it. So <laughs> we could move on to some other um, uh, injury related uh, updates here. Franchi Cordero was activated by the Red Sox from the COVID-19 injured list. Uh, however, Eduardo Rodriguez lo- looks like he's going to be likely to go on the injured list. Of course, he's been dealing with the dead arm issue. It's been pretty much a given. He was going to miss his first start. So the question here is just whether or not he's actually going to go on the injured list. And it looks like he probably is. So, um, Franchi Cordero has been a favorite of mine, a favorite of a lot of people in the fantasy baseball industry for, for quite a few years now. And as long as he stays healthy, it looks like he's got some playing time coming to him in Boston. What sort of league would you want to be picking him up in uh, if you were still out there? I think it's still probably 15 team leagues for the time being for Franchi. I see him as a big side platoon player. We know the Red Sox have a couple of righties available and switch hitters available that they can use. Uh, to sort of platoon him. So I, I think a big side platoon player for me, unless you're in a league that has daily moves, has to have at least 15 teams in it for a player like this to be consistently utilized. And I think for as exciting as Franchi is and as interesting as some of the stat cast numbers are, we've still seen a pretty big strikeout rate from him over the course of his time in the big leagues. 110 Ks in 315 plate appearances. I know in a really limited sample last year with the Royals, the K rate was down considerably, only four strikeouts and 42 plate appearances. But I'm still not convinced, based on that small of a window, that he's completely solved some of the contact issues we were seeing earlier in his career with the Padres. So uh, I think he's interesting, but I think he's more of a watchless player in more shallow formats. All right. Well, um, we're going to just seamlessly segue into a new segment here. Uh, so on Wednesday show, starting with this one right here, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about prospects. And uh, since I did bring up Eduardo Rodriguez likely going on the injured list, that raises the question of who replaces him. And it looks like that's going to be Tanner Houck. So we can kick off our 2021 prospect spotlight with uh, with Tanner Houck. So how would you like him for uh, this week coming up uh, if he does fill Rodriguez's spot, it would be probably a Sunday start against the Orioles. So certainly, you know, something to like there. But how do you like him both uh, in the short and longer term? I didn't think Hulk was good enough to stash in a redraft mixed league prior to knowing that Erod was likely going to miss a start. I think without getting a chance to fill in, he kind of gets off the bubble for 15 team leagues and becomes more of a, a must add just from a streaming perspective, if you're able to make a move prior to the weekend. 
I don't know if my trust level in him is anywhere near the point where I would just lock him in, even in a deep league at this point. I think you want to go start by start because the walk rates have been very high pretty much everywhere that Tanner Houck has pitched. Uh, the good news is he hasn't really shown much of a home run problem anywhere he's been. Home run suppression appears to be a skill, and he has shown the ability to miss some bats. So there's definitely ceiling, uh, at least one above average pitch, and probably command that's a little better than some of the walk rates we've seen at AAA and at the big league level. So there's reasons to believe that he could take a step forward this year. And I think given the state of the back of that Boston rotation, he could pitch his way into keeping that spot even after Erod returns. So I think that's part of the appeal of picking him up now. Uh, but I want to say it's just, it's funny how fast things can change because I talked about how six hours ago and I said he was basically limited to AL-only leagues and, and keeper formats because he didn't have a job. I didn't think he was good enough to have on your bench in a mixed league, but he is good enough to pick up now that he's going to get a start. Yeah, life comes at you fast here in fantasy baseball. So <laughs> things do move quickly. Uh, so sticking with the Red Sox here and sticking with the, the prospect spotlight, one of the, the prospects that I've stashed in a couple of leagues, um, and this is something that I've really had on my radar in addition to, I think, the more obvious names like Jared Kelnick, Bobby Witt, um, is Jared Duran. And I just like the fact that I think he's got a shot to play a substantial part of the season in the majors. He's got uh, clear stolen base potential from his uh, minor league track record. And it's, it's hard to find steals sometimes in the middle of the season. So, you know, I took a late round flyer on Duran in a couple of leagues. Of course, now I just have to, you know, keep uh, finding the, the space to stash him there. So what do you think about that as an approach in some drafts this year? And uh, just your thoughts on Duran generally? Yeah, I like Duran in draft and hold and AL only leagues. Obviously, keeper in dynasties probably rostered already. Uh, probably a watch list guy in most mixed leagues right now because I think he's still probably a couple months away from getting that opportunity. But June, maybe, could be when we see Jaron Duran get his first opportunity in Boston. And I think in some ways, he's part of the reason why my expectations for Franchi Cordero are tempered because I think Duran's a bigger part of the long-term plan. And I also think they're going to take Alex Verdugo and move him out of center field when they can. I think he's okay in center, but not an ideal center fielder, really more of a corner guy defensively. Duran fills a need in the organization with Jackie Bradley Jr.'s offseason departure. So uh, the most interesting thing for me with Duran is that it was a lot of hit tool in the lower levels of the minor leagues. Apparently, he made some swing adjustments and unlocked some power at the alternate site last year. We want to see how that plays in games. So once we flip the calendar to May, we start getting some upper-level minor league games in for Jaron Duran. I think we're going to know pretty quickly if those swing adjustments are something that will unlock actual game power. Yeah, I'm really eager to see how that uh, translates into actual minor league games. He certainly hit a lot in the uh, in the spring training games. Uh, he had 49 plate appearances, three home runs, six doubles, and a triple. So that's a good, a good amount of power there. Um, but again, you got to take that with the proverbial grain of salt. But let's just talk about one more prospect uh, and to provide a bit of a contrast here, a prospect who's actually going to play right away. And that's Paven Smith because of Cole Calhoun being out. Uh, Smith will probably get a larger share of the at-bats than probably anybody on that Diamondbacks roster filling in for him. And the nice thing is he's already got the first base eligibility. He'll gain the outfield eligibility. So where is the appeal for uh, Paven Smith as far as you're concerned? I think he's probably similar to Franchi in terms of the types of leagues where I would think about him. He's a lefty getting some playing time, at least for the time being. Uh, still some questions as to how much power he's going to get to in games. I think when you look at the 
minor league track record of Paven Smith. It's a little bit disappointing, at least in terms of home run output. He did slug 466 at Double A in 2019, but only 12 homers. So maybe a guy that can start turning a few more doubles into home runs has a good sense of the strike zone and, and maybe could stick around as a fourth outfielder even after Cole Calhoun comes back. But I think for the short term, you got to be in a 15-team mixed league if you're thinking about Paven Smith. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Well, and a uh, 15-team mixed league. That is what you have some uh, fab coming up in uh, in your Tout Wars league. So, and this is nice DVR because we've done these fab segments, uh, you know, for a, a few years on the show. And uh, we've been in the same Tout Wars League together. So we've kind of taken a risk and, you know, put put our preferences out there uh, to let each other know before we, we enter our fat bids. I have moved to the 12-team uh, league that uses innings pitched and holds and uh, saves plus the OBP, which all the Tout Wars leagues use. So um, a little something for everybody here as we uh, talk about some of our fab targets uh, for the, the, the first fab of the season right before opening day here. So, uh, just really quickly here for me, again, keeping in mind, this is a 12 team league. Uh, I'm hoping to get Taylor Trammell. We, uh, Michael Beller and I, we talked about Yoshi Tsutsugo on Tuesday's show and how he's, uh, likely to hit leadoff for the race. I'm super intrigued by that. So I might try to pick him up, but I need a Carlos Carrasco replacement. So I'm looking at, uh, Tarek Skubel, Trevor Rogers, Edward, uh, Edward Alzali, Caleb Smith and Brad Keller as probably the, the pitchers that I'll put bids and contingent bids on. And I like Skubel in particular because the Tigers have a really, really good schedule coming up for their uh, for their pitchers. So um, I think Scoople's kind of a sneaky play for the next few weeks. Yeah, it was brought to my attention that you know, the Marlins young starters are going to face some pretty difficult spots throughout the season with the improved Mets lineup, with the Braves being a gauntlet to deal with, with Philadelphia, I think top to bottom being a well above average lineup, and then the ballpark in Philly being a particularly difficult place for pitchers to pitch. There aren't a lot of spots that you look at, and, and the Nats too are still a good offense, there aren't a lot of spots in division where you feel good about Marlins pitchers. Uh, so I, I think as much as I like Trevor Rogers, I think Tarek Skubal might be just one little notch ahead of him, at least in the short term, because of the schedule differences. I mean, they both have a great ceiling. So if you're looking to catch lightning in a bottle with an early pickup, it might actually stick around for a while. I think both really sort of scratch the itch there. Uh, in the 15-teamer, I, I think there are a few overlapping players available. We talked about Logan Webb and Chris Flexen as streaming options for our Monday episode, so I won't go into detail with them again. Uh, Ian Kennedy could be getting some saves, so I, I think I'll throw a, a reasonably cheap dart at him in fab and, and hope that maybe I find a few early saves there. Trevor May is probably a guy that I'm going to try and sneak in on the cheap because while Edwin Diaz is probably the closer now, uh, what better than a, a shortened week to run Trevor May out there as a staff filler and just kind of see what happens with Edwin Diaz. He has a way of not showing up all of a sudden in the ninth inning and leaving the door wide open. And if that happens, the speculative bids will be a lot higher come Sunday. So I think May's pretty interesting. 
And then uh, other starters I'm interested in, Carlos Rodon working on a fourth pitch. That kind of speaks to me a little bit. Adrian Hauser's out there, but the problem is I don't really want to throw him against the Twins, and you got to start guys you pick up in Tout Wars, so he might be more of a contingency bid. And then there's JT Brubaker and Alex Cobb. I'm trying to make sense of just how much I trust those guys in their respective matchups. So that's the group that I'm thinking about, but really Webb Flex and Kennedy and May are the four guys that I'm the most interested in because of Tout's rules. All right, so uh, some names for everybody to think about, uh, regardless of the the depth of your league. We're uh, giving a little bit across the spectrum there. So on that note, we're going to wrap things up for today's episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we really do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. And before we go, just be sure to check out Ding You, presented by BetMGM. It's our March Madness show. Listen on the Daily Ding podcast feed or watch the show on YouTube. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Thursday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.